it is Pastor Rick. Glad you're with me today. Today we take on Matthew chapter 5 again, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does it mean? What does it mean to be righteous? It basically means to do what's right. People who hunger to do what's right. Right is the focus today. And I want to say all of us have struggled with wrong. I want to be clear. Nobody's perfect, but it's going to be a great study. So stay right there. And let me tell you, this one will help you. Hi, it's Pastor Rick. Glad you're back with me. Listen, today we take on the verse, favorite verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, which is the theme verse for our discussion for the entire season here in this entire series. And what I'm talking about is a promise. And the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 say all these wonderful things about what God blesses, right? The meek, the, the poor, those who, who know their status in life, they're poor, they're, you don't have much without God. Blessed are the meek, blessed are those who are teachable, blessed are those who are peacemakers. And he gives this incredible list of things in Matthew chapter 5, the first, you know, 5, 7, 10, 12 verses, I think. But one verse I pulled out that I want to focus on in the series is Matthew 5 and 6. Because it says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, when you read that, there are, I, I took parts of that. The first part, we talked about blessed. The word blessed means happy. He's describing what happy people look like. Happy people know what they want. And so the first sermon, I talked about that. What do you really want? What makes you happy? And identifying that changes everything in your life. Because a lot of things we pursue in life really won't make us happy if we got them. We think they will, but they really won't. So blessed are those who hunger. In the second sermon, I talked about hunger and how you have to have a passion for something. And I ask you the question, what do you want? What are you hungry for? Now, in this sermon, what's interesting is he said to us what happy people hunger for is righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for what's right, basically. They are integrous people. They want to do what's right. There's this driven passion they have, and that's what integrity is. Integrity basically is the decision to do what is right and live with integrity. Honesty. You say, well, what is integrity? Well, integrity would be something that basically, if I can just summarize it, is what you are when no one's looking. And I want to put a statement up on the screen. I want you to hear this statement because this summarizes it pretty much. Integrity was described to me as the essence of who you are when nobody's looking. It is the real you behind the scenes without makeup celebrity or cover. It is you unmasked and in your true element. It shows up in your anger, greed, or selfishness. Wow. The real you. You know what I like? I like the illusions that um, media and especially theater gives you. I love a good movie. I love, I love action movies. I love all that. But what it does is it picks you up and it places you in this fantasy, right? Now, I have a bad habit. This is my problem. I have a bad habit of looking up the people I, I watch on television. My wife gets tired of me doing it. I said, no, no, that's, that's that, guy, that guy right there. He's he getting married. He got five children. And he's he financially struggling. That guy, even though he's playing a millionaire on TV, but in real life, he, he's struggling. He, he bankrupt four times. I just have <laughs> I have a problem. I tend to look up people because what I discover is I get drawn into the fantasy. I really think the people on Star Wars are really like fighting in stars. You know, I, 
I, I, I'm a Star Trekkie. I'm a Trekkie. And I really believe there's a Star Trek track. And I used to hit myself like that. You heard the pop. They go, bam. They hit the side. You know, beat me up. So I want to say, I, I just <laughs> I believe it. Because I, I, it, it picks me up and it transfers me over to this place. It transports me, a better word, to this place of fantasy. Integrity is when you get back to reality and you realize that the people you're dealing with are not what they appear to be. And the question for me is, am I like that? See, to do right, you have to be clear about what's true. And you have to realize that sometimes what you think about a person who is a religious person or whatever person is not who you think they are. The other side is what Jesus is talking about. He said, blessed are the people who hunger to be right, who hunger to do right, who hunger to be integrous, who hunger to go after the right things. Those are the people that are really the happiest people. And so are you one of those people is the question. Are you one of those people who's really looking to do the right thing, to be in the right place, to follow the right direction? I want to show you a story, uh, but I want to first explain a principle. The stories are going to be in the book of Acts in a minute, but I want to show you. There's a lady at Roadbook, and I found it fascinating, and it's online. People that are, and she basically talks about people that are not integrous. These are people who don't do the right thing. They lie often. And in describing it, she gives these two reasons why people lie. I thought this was fascinating. I, I've always thought she was, it was it's a book by, um, it's called The Psychology of Lying, and Detecting Lies by Bella DiPaolo. Okay, Bella DiPaolo. And I just wanted to pull out the two things she said that I thought were fascinating. And these are direct quotes, okay, uh, from her book. And she says, here are two reasons why people lie. Number one, they lie for self-centered reasons. And number two, they lie for kind-hearted reasons. And let me show you what she said about why people lie, why they're not integrous. They lie for self-centered reasons. Here's what she says. These are the lies that are all about you. You tell these lies to try to make yourself look better or feel better or protect yourself from embarrassment or disapproval or conflict or from getting your feelings hurt. Pause. So if you ask me a question, so why would people not tell the truth? Why would people not do what's right? Sometimes it's because it's about them. And, and we all can relate to this. You know, you don't want to look bad. You, you know, if you're not careful, you know, you'll lie. But, you know, I've, I've not told the truth. There are times, you know, I've, people ask me questions, and just she, now I tell the truth, okay? I'm true. <laughs> but if I go back and say, yeah, if you ever lie, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Fine, I'm lying. No, I'm not fine. I'm mad. I lie if I'm not careful. So I have, to tell, I have to find ways now to tell the truth. You know, I love one of the big lies we tell people, I'll pray for you. Don't pray for you. Don't pray for me. I, I pray for you right then because I'll forget. I'll just, Lord, let me pray right now because I'll forget. There's something about realizing that sometimes we lie so we don't look bad. That's what she says, self-centered reasons. I don't want to look bad. How's your marriage? Oh, it's okay. No, it's not. It's awful. You can't stand each other. So if we're not careful, that's one reason. The second thing she says is we lie because of kind-hearted reasons. Listen to what she says about this. These are the lies you tell to help you protect someone else. You tell these lies to make someone else look better or feel better or to protect them from embarrassment our disapproval, our conflict, are getting their feelings hurt. Now, boy, that's a common one. You know, somebody, how are your kids? Oh, great. They're not great. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you're not, you just lie. You'll lie. 
You're, oh boy, it's so easy. And you, and you justify it. You know, I, I try to just get as close to, without telling what I shouldn't tell, because I know a lot of stories about a lot of people, and I can't answer everybody's life. I can't, let me say it another way, I can't tell you about everybody's life. How's the church? How's all the members? I can't tell you how everybody's doing because that wouldn't be right. But I can say we're fighting our dragons. We're going forward. We're making progress. There are a few challenges, but it's, we'll be okay. I can say, I find a way to, to answer, but it's easy if you're not careful to lie and not be integrous. And I want to show you how if you're not careful, you won't hunger to do right. You'll slide into a place where you easily do wrong. Now, this is a story I don't like. It's in the book of Matthew chapter um, 26. And I want to show you, I'm sorry, Matthew, I'm going to start here in, um, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5. And I want to show you a story about a person who made a decision in Acts 5 that I don't like. I want to say this, it's a story about Ananias and Sapphira. I don't like it, and uh, then I'm going to tell you a story about another guy named Peter in a minute. Both of these individuals, both, they, they lied. Both of them um, lost track of what was right for a moment. And I thought using this example of the one thing that can often get you off track and get you going down the wrong road is lying. And I want to, I want to show you two examples of it in the Bible, and I want you to see how amazing they are. And each of them teach us a great lesson. The first thing I want you to see is how pride and arrogance can tempt you to lie. Pride and arrogance. Acts chapter 5. And I'm not going to read all of this. I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and I'll summarize the rest. Matthew 5, verse 1. A certain man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a possession, sold some land, and they kept back part of the price. He and his wife um, both being privy to it. I want to stop right there. So you have a story about uh, a, a situation where there was a lot of need in Israel. A lot of people came to God. A lot of people, you know, they, they, had, they came to the Feast of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. They, they came to, well, Acts chapter 1 and 2 especially. They came, uh, and they came to Christ. Many people came to Christ during this great Feast of Pentecost. And um, they end up staying and hanging around Jerusalem, right? So a lot of these people were from all over, all over the world, and they came to this big pilgrimage for the uh, Feast of Pentecost celebrating the big harvest and God's victory in Israel. And they came and received Christ in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit falls on them and they end up staying in Jerusalem. And so they didn't have jobs, didn't have food. Some of these people didn't have resources. And so they, you find in chapter 2 of Acts a lot of poor Christians struggling. So what they did, by you get to chapter um, 6, they're trying to raise money. They're trying to put together resources. Chapter 5, I'm sorry, they're putting resources together. And so people are sitting there saying, oh, we got all these people who have just come to God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to raise some money because they're here from out of town and they're going to stay over, you know, to get teaching. So what we're going to do is we're going to let them in our homes. So Acts 2.41 says they went from house to house. People were letting them in their homes. And back then they didn't have any hotels, so you stayed with people, right? So a lot of people were struggling. And so they decided to, to raise money. So people would say, okay, I got some land I'm going to sell. And the guy said, I got some animals I'm, I'm going to sell, and I'll donate this to help these poor people who are now here trying to serve God, just gave their life to Christ, so we're going to help them. That's what they decided to do. Well, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, if you read on in the text, 
they kind of raised their hand and said, we're going to sell it and I'm going to make up amount. Okay, we're going to give, we're going to give $10,000. I'm going to sell it for $10,000 and we're going to give all the $10,000 to help these poor families. Now, so everybody's going, oh, oh wow, wow. There you go, boy. That's what I'm talking about, $10,000. I mean, so, so, and again, I'm making up the amount, but just to make the point. So they make this public pledge. They come off as impressive, but they're lying. They really sold it for $50,000, right? but they're only giving a small portion of the profit. Now, they, did, they could have just said, we're going to give a portion of our proceeds from the sale of the land to help the families. Nobody forced them, and Peter says this if you read the story, nobody forced them to lie, but they chose to lie. They chose to not be integrous. There's a big word, right? They chose to not live in integrity. They chose to deceive. They chose to manipulate. They, they did this, maybe like Apollo said, to make themselves look good. And so now it's all about looking the part. It's a lie. It's not genuine. It's like the actors on television. That's not who they really are. Not really a prince. That's not really, that's not really a princess. That's just an actress pretending. And if you're not careful, in our, especially in our religious environments, we can easily become people who pretend. Pretend to be what we're not. And so... The sad part of the story, which I don't like, is basically they, they, they fall dead. I mean, on the spot, it's amazing. And then the wife later on comes in, lies too, and she goes along with he. She dies. They both die. It's a horrible story. I don't like it. And it's, but it's what happens. So Matthew, Acts 5, read it on your own. It's just horrible. But here's the point. Here's the point. What can happen to you if you are not a person pursuing what's right? Here's the answer to that. I don't know. Are you trying to say I could die? I don't know. I know this story is horrible. The end is not good. Here's what Jesus said. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what is right. Whenever I get to the point that I'm willing to lie and not go after what is right, I cannot claim blessing. I cannot, I cannot expect to be happy. In my opinion, a lot of what I've seen in people's lives is because they're not going after what's right. And I think it leads you to a place that's sad and tragic that doesn't have to be sad and tragic. And let me give you one more example of this, and this is another example. And this is Matthew chapter 26, verse 69. Now, here's what I love about the Bible. The way, the way that the, 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 the stories are recorded sometimes are just comical. This is, this is after Jesus dies. Peter has been with Jesus for three and a half years. He's seen miracles. He's walked on water. He's done all this. One more time. He's seen miracles. He's walked on water. He's seen Jesus feed thousands of people. He knows who he is, right? This is amazing. And then all of a sudden, watch what happens. After he dies, Peter and all the disciples scatter. But a girl, you know, if you got girls, I have a boy and a girl. Girls are amazing. They are perceptive in a way that's different. And I'm not saying boys aren't smart. I'm proud of my boy. Love boys. I'm just making a point here, okay? Girls, let me give you credit. Watch what happens. Verse 69, this is Matthew chapter 26. You ready? Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. He lied. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Now, I want you to follow the scene. This is Peter, and Peter is lying. He's lying, man. There ain't no integrity here. This guy is like, hey. I'm not, I'm not going after what's right because they're going to kill me like they killed Jesus. He saw them and he put Jesus on that cross 
And when those disciples, those disciples saw Jesus on that cross, they ran. All that kingdom stuff is over, man. We're running, going back to the fishing pole. This is over. So, but, but notice who, uh, who, who called him out. A girl, a little girl. Oh, I saw, yeah, you one of them. Now look at the next verse, verse, verse 71. Then he went out to the gateway. So he leaves the courtyard, goes out to the gateway, decides he needs to change his locations, where another girl, them little girls is dangerous, saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with, now why she got to do that? She said to some guys, don't tell the guys, this fellow was, was with Jesus of Nazareth. Now watch verse 72. He denied it again with an oath. I, man, I promise you, I don't know who that is. I don't know the man. That's what <laughs> Peter lied again. It's twice now. <laughs> two girls, two lies. Integrity on the line. Blessed are the day that hunger and thirst for righteousness. <laughs> well, let me tell you, when you're under pressure, sometimes fear and pressure can tempt you to lie. That's what I said. Remember, I told you two things that you learned here. Pride and arrogance for Ananias and Sapphira. But with Peter, no, buddy, it's fear and pressure. Telling the truth. Telling the truth. Man, I remember one time I was on a job, and this guy came with me. He said he left, he left the job. He walked out. On the way it went. And then they came looking for him. They couldn't find him. And they asked me. And he told me, he said, listen, now, I'm going to leave for a minute. But I need you to cover for me and to tell them. I'm so, I said, listen, man, I'm not lying for you. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He said, no, I, mean, you know, I said, listen, you can bow up all you want. But this is the moment. Let me tell you, pressure like this. Oh, boy, time to lie. So watch what happens. Girl, girl, the girl tells on him. Look at the third example, verse 73 of Matthew chapter 26. He said, after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them, for your accent gives you away. They had a little twang, you know, they spoke Hebrew, but you could tell this was a, a guy who had some Greek exposure. So he had a little hillbilly sound and they could tell, I don't know, Jesus, you know, a little hillbilly sound. So they knew they could tell by his accent. Then he goes on. Then he began to call down curses on himself. And he swore, man, I'd be cursed. Make my, on my mama's grave. I mean, he was just cussing. He was cussing, man. He was cussing. He was lying. He was in all kinds. It was a mess. I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Oh, bad. You see, Jesus told him. Jesus said, you know what, Peter? Peter told Jesus, said, I'll never leave you, Jesus. I'll be with you, he promised. But when he saw those, those nails going in his hands and he saw, he saw the crown of thorns, he took off. He was gone. But when, when he Jesus said to him, he said, before the rooster can crow three times, you, sir, will deny me three times. The Bible said when, he, when, he, when, when the rooster crowed, right after the third denial, Peter remembered, verse 75, the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you would denounce me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Wow. Wow. He's exposed. It's hard to see you're not doing the right thing. It's hard to note that you are not hungering for what's right. It's hard to say 
I'm a bad influence. It's hard to say I have betrayed the God I love. It's hard to admit that. But the real truth is, for some of us, you know you're not going in the right direction. So what's this about, Pastor Rick? You trying to make me feel bad? No, I'm trying to get you to make a decision. To change your appetite, open your heart, and allow God to do something in you that's different. Blessed are they, happy are those people who hunger and thirst for what's right. That's my prayer for you. Now let me pray for you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring them to a place, those who've heard this message, where they would think about the path they're on. Is it the right path or the wrong path? I pray for them to make the decision to get on the right path. They don't need me to give a list. They know their list. They need to hear you say, I need, I, I need to hear what you say about their lives. And may this be the moment that they change. Your goal is to bring them to a place of satisfaction. Because here's what you said. Those who hunger and thirst for right things will be filled. And that's your goal. In Jesus' name. Amen. Nothing like feeling good about yourself. Nothing. And that's what God wants to do. He said, people that do what's right, people who hunger for righteousness are filled people. Are you filled? I want to talk about that next time. I want to show you what God has for you, a plan to give you a sense of fulfillment, to be a satisfied person. So you're not always ripping and running and trying to find something. I believe one of the the nice things in life is to get something you want. It's a car, pray you get it. House, pray you get it. But once you get those things, here's what you'll find out. There's more to being satisfied than that. And what he says is, happy are the people who go after what's right. Stop going after what's wrong. Change your direction and watch God bring true satisfaction to your life. You won't get there selling drugs. You won't get there running around drinking and drugging and, and cussing and fighting. You won't get there. It ain't, I'm telling you now, you won't get there those ways. But if you open your heart, you won't get there lying. You won't get there being deceitful. You won't get there hurting people. You won't get there being a mean daddy, being a mean mom. You won't get there committing adultery, cheating on your spouse and lying. You won't get there being mean to your kids. You won't get there. That's not the way to be satisfied. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what's right. And I'll talk about being satisfied next time. Let's pray. Father, let this be a moment when they open their hearts to a new way of bringing wholeness to them. And may they open their hearts to you. If they don't know you as Savior, may this be the moment they say, Jesus, come into my life. May I find you and your forgiveness and your sacrifice on the cross as a symbol of what you have offered to me, a chance to be free. Let that be their prayer today, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you next time. Got more to talk about. We got a lot going on, my friend. I pray that you join us in some of our activities, which we'll announce for you and tell you about in just a moment. But I want you to remember, God wants you to be happy. God really does want to bring fulfillment to your life. But your hunger will determine whether you get there or not. If you hunger for what's right, you'll have a result that's right. But if you don't, you'll miss out. Don't miss out. God's best is for you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Well, I pray you were blessed by this message today. All of us have, <laughs> man, done wrong. Let me just be honest. All of us have gotten into a place where it's, it's just wrong. But this is a verse that says, blessed are the people, happy are the people who do what's right. So what is right today for you? What do you need to do that will change your life? Let me pray for you. Father, I pray the message they've heard today will inspire them to make that right turn, that right investment. I declare blessing, grace, and healing in their life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us today. If this message blessed you, link it and send it to a friend. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.